and welcome to Broad and Fry, with the World Cup well and truly underway, and in some places, underwater. We've seen brilliant England, uh, and we've also seen beaten England. There's plenty to discuss, but what we could really do with is an expert, someone who has faced the white-hot furnace of a World Cup and lived to tell the tale. And as luck would have it, who should be sitting next to me? Why, it's my regular podcast partner, Stuart Broad. I'm a little bit sheepish today, Stephen, as oh, yeah. I believe a couple of weeks ago I suggested the weather was set pretty good for this World Cup, <laughs> and it's, um, it's let me down, hasn't it? It has, and one always feels embarrassed uh, as an English person that, that our country's being stereotypically cold, not just rainy, but cold. Cold, and, rainy, windy. And you <laughs> see the West Indians and those from from from, from Asia, you know, from the subcontinent and South Africa, thinking, "Oh, it's true, <laughs> England yeah. is like this." You would say advantage England with the weather, but we need to actually play, don't we? Yeah, that's right. It is a bit unfortunate. So you won't be delivering any weather forecasts this this week, then. No, I think that uh, job offers off the table. <laughs> OK. We'll talk World Cup cricket in a moment. But in our last show, if you remember, I read you out a list of words that all described hitting a, a cricket ball, you know. Uh, and it was extensive. At least I thought it was. It seems it wasn't. Because our lovely listeners, you've all been in contact via Twitter using our hashtag Broad and Fry, and you've made some superb additions. Uh, and Stuart, you noticed yourself, didn't you, that Mike Atherton during the England and Bangladesh game used the expression that the ball was crudded onto the blade. Yes, you've changed the way I'm watching cricket, watching and listening to cricket. I'm, um, yeah, I've, the, the World Cup games this week, I've just been listening intently for, for different words to, to describe yeah. the hitting of the blade. I so had finessed uh, the other day. It's made me smile. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm pleased. And we've had some very good responses. Someone called Hotline Jim said there's dink, which wasn't on my list, uh, which is, of course, perfectly a good word for dinking a ball down. Victoria Meldrew suggested clobber. Can't believe I didn't think of that. Mark Leather. Uh, he said, can I claim that the batter truly leathered it? I think that's acceptable. Yeah, Leatherable, so. definitely. Uh, he's been trying to claim royalties on that, which we won't give. Uh, and Smeek suggested cracked, which, of course, is definitely good. Private deviation, I won't ask why private deviation gives himself or herself that particular moniker, suggests marmalised, which is a good sort of schoolboy word, isn't it? Marmalised it. Uh, Sajid added the eminently sensible drilled. And finally, rather a lot of you, perhaps too many, of you suggested twatted uh which does yeah it, you can twat a ball can't you <laughs> i suppose so <laughs> <laughs> oh, well anyway thank you for that and again if there are any more uh, you can listen by somehow going back to the last podcast and or you can find on my twitter stream that i've got the uh, little audio file so you can hear the list again and i'll add those words to it but uh, thanks for your contributions I saw you looking wonderfully smart on the Graham Norton show last oh, Friday. Yeah, I enjoyed your shirt and tie combo. Probably beats this week's if uh, I could describe the Norwich City yellow shirt and the wonderful Nottingham Forest red tie that we're wearing Yes, today. I, uh, well, I, I did dress up. But I, I always dress up far too much for things. And, of course, none of the other guests. The other guests were it's with Lee Mack, who is always delight and very funny. Uh, Paloma Faith, who is an extraordinary uh, person. She was talking a bit about her early... Uh, her early life as a kind of performance artist. Some story, I, I didn't quite get the hang of it, but her performance involved 
pulling cotton wool and anchovies out of herself in some particular way. Um, and you were in a film with her. When yes, she was I was. Did you remember that? I, I'd, you know, it had slipped my mind, but it's, you she pulled that off. Well, reminded then. me I, I, when she said we were in a film together, or Graham said it. I suddenly thought, was I? Surely I can't have been that drunk. Uh, no, it was St. Trinian's, and she was a girl in the St. Trinian's. Um, and the other, the other guest, and this uh, is was Andrew Scott, who is an Irish actor who played Moriarty in the Sherlock series, and uh, I saw him as Hamlet on stage. He was absolutely breathtaking. He's an extraordinary actor, but he's riding the crest of this. Ex- exceptional interest because he played the so-called hot priest in Fleabag. Have you watched Fleabag? I haven't actually, but I have seen it's it. It's a treat in store. It is remarkable. Um, and uh, so he's, he's suddenly become this sex symbol, I suppose. So there was a lot of talk about that. But no talk about cricket. I tried to drag in because, of course, if you're on Graham Norton, what you do is you sell what you're up to. Uh, and I was talking about this tour I'm doing of... of, of mythology in, in, in Edinburgh and then around the country. And I try. I see, I've got it in now, even on this podcast, but I tried to get in cricket somehow. I thought, are they going to mention the World Cup at all? But I don't think it's Graham's cup of tea, unfortunately. So we didn't manage to, to sell the podcast to the Graham Norton audience, but it was, it was all right. It went okay, I think. You're never sure. I never watch it back. I think, I mean, do you watch yourself back? As a person, as opposed to a player, I mean, for playing reasons, you might watch yourself back to check, you know, what how your form is as you bowl. Whatever. I find it tricky. Yeah, I find it really yeah. tricky, especially if I feel like cricket-wise, if something's not gone particularly well, I find it hard to watch back because I don't want to, I suppose, reaffirm what I already yeah. know. I yeah. don't want to watch back me making mistakes. Um, but also, I, th- I always think you sound different to how you feel like you sound, don't you? I always say this to people and they say, do you like watching yourself in films or on television? I said, well, do you like listening to your voice on an answer phone message? And they go, oh, no, I hate it. I said, well, that's not just the voice. Imagine the face as well. It's just, it's horrible. I just see myself on the screen and I, I want to shout, shut up, <laughs> as indeed does the nation. But I, I just want it to go away. It's strange, isn't it? Mm. And, and now, of course, um, every ground has vast display screens, thanks to Heitz's law of LED uh, and so on, we won't go into that. But it does mean that they're only going to get bigger. So when you're on a field, do you look up and watch replays? Of wickets and boundaries, yeah. yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you get a bouncer and it plonks you on the helmet, maybe not. But um, yeah, they. I think it's quite a good question because when I'm walking back to my mark, I've mentioned before, I have this, I try and look out the stadium uh, so I don't want to look at the big screen when I've just been driven through the covers because I know it's a bad ball. But actually, it can tell you certain things as as well. Yeah. You can you can pick up on TV some things that you don't know in the live game. You're yeah, like, is it swinging a bit? Is it seeming? You obviously know to an extent, but you want to know the exact seam position you're delivering the ball in. Um, yeah. Is the batsman's foot getting outside the line? Is the pad outside the line? They're the questions you'd chat to the umpire with. Yeah. But actually, you can see it on a on a screen. Um, so, and I, I notice. I don't know if you do this. When as a batsman, when you're out, now a lot of batsmen, you see them looking around, and you think to yourself, you may be wrong. I bet they're looking to see whether they're showing the sideways on. Um, you know the, the the delivery for a no ball because this has entered the game now. This idea that maybe the on field umpire hasn't spotted a no ball and the third umpire might. And sometimes it's so frustrating because it's not always. And let's face it, listeners, if you're an England fan, say, and and an England batsman gets out, you immediately think 
uh, I wonder if they'll show. I wonder. Please let him be a no ball. You know. So the umpire generally will speak to you within seconds of getting out and go. Just wait. We're just checking the no ball if it's close. Right. So. So. it, you sort of have that awkward, embarrassing hover, like, yeah, my my middle stump's been cartwheeling for, for the last minute, but I'm I'm just waiting to see if the bowler's overstepped. And then they go, no, he's fine, you, you're out. Now, talking, you of, walk. talking of bowlers and umpires, um, one of every cricket lover's greatest heroes must have been whispering death himself, the the extraordinary Mike Holding, Michael Holding, the, the West Indian bowler, who had the most beautiful run-up of anyone I've ever seen, and who is a magnificent commentator on, on the sky. And he, I don't know if you've, have you come across this story? He, he got I into have, a, yeah. yeah. He, he was pretty blunt on air about two of the umpires. He actually used the word atrocious of the umpiring of that particular day, and unfortunately there were some decisions they made that were shown to be poor. Um, and he then came out and said that he had been sort of spanked by the ICC, who who had given a, 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 out a sort of uh, edict that said that everyone should be supportive and positive about everything. And he, I think, maybe rightly, surely, said, no, no, I can't be censored. I'm there to comment on the, on the game. And the umpires are paid officials and they are as, as liable to be criticised as a player. Do you, do you agree with that? I, I believe that the the commentators and the broadcasters should share their views. Mm. We want to see honest, fair, interesting views, yeah. don't we? I mean, as players, we're certainly not allowed to give honest opinions in that front on a, in a no. press conference. Or, you know, if we criticise or question any decision, we get a monetary fine. Straight off. Straight away. Yeah. So... We sort of know the rules there. Yes, we break them on the odd occasion if uh, we're particularly frustrated, but um, it's 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 there to, um, I suppose, protect the ICC, the International Cricket Council, and and their employees and the umpires. But yeah. I don't think you can control what the commentators are saying because actually, I don't want to get fined for this, but the, the decisions were average. Yeah, um, yeah. and Michael Holdings certainly allowed to tell. The, yeah. the viewers, his thoughts. Yeah, it seems right, doesn't it? There was a little period when Stark was bowling at Chris Gale in in the Trent Bridge game, where the game was stopping every three three balls, wasn't it? <laughs> it with, was with dismissals, so um, it was it was one of those things. But but I do, I mean, I do feel for the umpires as well because it's huge pressure. The the technologies um, is so enhanced and. Everything happens so quickly. Someone like Mitchell Stark is bowling 93 miles an hour. Very hard to see a little inside snick or... um, Or whether it's the thigh pad or the edge. It is a tough job. Um, But I'm with Michael Holding. I think he quite rightly in an email sort of said, well, if you want me to go home to Newmarket, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) The ability to walk away is the greatest card you can ever play, isn't it? So, well, well, you were talking about West Indies there. Let's start with them. Can we have a sort of roundup of some of the, the, with with no disrespect to, but some of the the most likely candidates for the final four places, the, the semifinals. And the West Indies are such an entertaining side and they do have some remarkable players, don't they? Yeah, you're putting me on the spot a little bit here with the weather we've had this week I think no, it's uh, not been easy it, to, it's, to decide um, for it? our UK listeners we'll, we'll all have known about the rain we've had in the, in England this 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 week but um, yeah there's not been a huge amount of, of cricket but the West Indies I think are a wonderful side to watch they're, mm. they're they're good fun. They're actually they've shown off in the field a bit as well haven't they yeah. taken some brilliant catches oh. that that West Indies Australia game 
was probably the highlight of the week since we last spoke yes. because it was it was it was good fun there was great pace yeah. uh, a bouncy good Trent Bridge pitch once again yeah. uh, the Australians had a wobble which is always nice to nice to yeah. see and, and then um Coulton Isle played a brilliant innings to, to rescue the game yeah. um say so rescue the game he won them the game really didn't he so um i think it, it had everything that cricket lovers enjoy it did have great innings it had raw pace bouncers great catches or wonderful catches um you know it's always quite fun unless you're actually the batsman receiving these deliveries to see a batsman hopping around isn't it with 90 mile an hour sort of i wanted to talk about that because we were as guilty as most people of talking about the upcoming uh, World Cup of talking about how the batsmen were going to be on display and there have been some some splendid uh, strokes and some 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 fine hitting and some centuries of course two from England uh, and uh, and finally uh, finally David Warner <laughs> David Warner, he's an actor. Do forgive me. Uh, <laughs> finally, Warner, uh, Warner has 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 come good. Um, it is David Warner. Century. It is David Warner. I just suddenly <laughs> thought I'd made a mistake. You made me question myself. Yeah, because David was Warner it? was a Roy Shakespeare <laughs> actor, and I suddenly thought I've said David Warner. It can't be David, but of course it's David Warner. Sorry. Um, Let's uh, call him Dave. But, Dave Warner. But most of us, I think, have been impressed by how it has become a, a game for the bowlers. It, it seems at the moment that that, that, that it's all about pace from Australia and the West Indies which has been very surprising I think this could make it a really interesting World Cup because I have no doubt the late, the latter stages are going to be, the spinners are going to come into the game, the pitches will be slightly drier slightly more tired after the use Yeah, grounds like Edgebaston can grip for the spinners etc are very slow pitches, not great for bowling pace on, so I think the spinners will come into it, but at the start of the tournament where groundsmen have been protecting their wickets with a bit of extra grass, yeah. have have allowed a bit of pace to come into the game. Um, and it's been great to see, mm. you know, particularly the West Indies, how they've gone about it with Cottrell, Shane Thomas, uh, yeah. Andre Russell, Holder, all all six foot plus running in, trying to bowl as quick as they can and, and using the short ball has been fascinating. The, their danger is, that's their plan A. Yeah. Where's their plan B? Yeah, that's um, it. And it works when you're bowling first and you can set the tone and run in and bowl short when the, you know, the, mm. the pitch is fast. Well, can you do the same when you're bowling second and you know, the, the batsmen are free and they know what they have to score and they can take quiet overs ducking or they can say right well I'm going to try and hit every ball for six and get away with it you don't know so the West Indies challenge will be when they've got to set the the game up with the bat and then bowl second Um, which you know if England um, when England play the West Indies the day of release England will be looking to bowl yeah and a lot of people though are saying that that, that what, what, what swings a match well firstly if the opening pair really set a good you know, if they get 80 to 100 and 120 for the first wicket, that's a huge advantage. It's very hard for the side coming in next to to to, to, to make up on, on that kind of start. But there's a lot of talk, isn't there, about how it's your second string bowlers and their ability to control the second and third phases, as it were, of, of the game, the middle period of the game, actually to get wickets as well as to, to dry up the runs. And so they're talking about Zampa for Australia, for example. And, Adil Rashid. And, and Adil Rashid he, is our player. The key. He is the. And you would say that that is still one of the absolutely crucial 
uh, elements of it, isn't it? Is having those those bowlers that can do that. Absolutely. I mean, it, when I was playing a lot of white ball cricket for England, in the certainly the, I, mean, I was fortunate to play in three World Cups, but two where I'd built up to those mm. World Cups. Our discussions all the time would be getting wickets in that middle period, and yeah. we had success leading into we got to the final of the Champions Trophy final. But going into that, Graham Swan was a a good wicket taker for us, but uh, an off spin bowler who didn't have that mystery about him. He, he was yeah. very consistent, but yeah. he quite would rarely get a, a, a five for 30 or something, yeah. um, which a Mullerithran could, I suppose. Um, and actually, I listened to Paul Farbrace on, on the radio uh, talking about Adil Rashid and what his role is. And actually, they don't want a, a one for 30. They, they say to him, go and take wickets. If you get yeah. five for 80... Those five wickets are way more valuable than the 80 runs you concede. Yeah. So look to take wickets every single ball because if Chris Wokes and Joffre Archer are bowling at the death to the number 9, 10, 11 batsman, you're saving yes. your runs there. So that's the, the modern mindset of, of those middle over bowlers of, I don't really mind if I go for boundaries, I'm looking to take wickets, wickets, wickets. Yeah. And do you think that means that Australia will will start to play Nathan Lyon, for example? Is he going to be a wicket-taker later on? Because is is his problem the same as Graham Swan, that he's not really a wicket-taker in the one-day game? He'd be the same as Moeen Ali. So right. the role Moeen does for Adil. Yeah. So Moeen, if you look at his stats and his record in the past three years, I'm sure his games probably outnumber his wickets, which is surprising. Yeah. But his economy rate, and, and he, he bowls at times that then they can save Adil for wicket-taking spells. Right. So if Lyon comes into the Aussie side, um, they'll use Zampa in a more wicket-taking role. So Lyon might come on after 10 overs, bang, yeah. bang, bang, try and get to 20 overs really quickly, five overs for 20 You've done your job. It doesn't yeah. matter about the wickets. Then the scoreboard pressure's there. Zampa, on you come. Float a few up, see if we can get a few wickets. Bowl the googly, etc. So there's yeah. a, there is a quite a nice balance to, to how those two spinners can work together. Yes. And I think Australia, I mean, they've got the wicket-taking option of someone like Stark, who is just an unbelievable white ball bowler, how he, how he gets his, his, yeah. his wickets. I mean, I think he's remarkably underrated, actually, which sounds yes, strange. But I know what he, you mean. he doesn't get the same plaudits as a Wazim Akram, etc., but actually has got to, I think, 150 ODI wickets quicker than anyone. So, yeah. um, I watched him in the game against Pakistan. He did play for yeah, he's got that. Yeah, he's got that natural wicket-taking option. So, um, But I think later in the tournament, the Australians will look at using the, the two-spin option, and, and that's where the side who I would love to see get to the semi-finals in the West Indies might come unstuck because they have only got pace bowling they haven't really got the spin options covered Um, so if their pace bowling doesn't work up top you know where they're getting their wickets and England now um, they say that you don't want to lose more than three and ideally you don't want to lose three of course you don't want to lose any if you're going to get into the uh, into the semi-finals and all the mathematics and the permutations are slightly beyond me yet because there is still plenty of cricket to come before we start to see who's going to be filtered down into the final four but who would you say still it's India favourites most people are saying India look pretty unbeatable at the moment they look amazing, don't they? They do look amazing. I, I mean, I think England are favourites. You still I, do. I believe that. Hosts, home countries. It, mm. There's a little thing that um, doesn't really get mentioned when you're playing in home World Cups, but you think India won in 2011 at home, mm. Australia won in 15 at home. 
you get little breaks when you're playing in your home country where you can go home for two or three days, get the barbecue out, yeah. a bit of golf, <laughs> get away from the hotel, bus journeys, maybe actually we're not going to train today, have a day off. Whereas actually when you're abroad, you are constantly in a hotel, you're constantly oh, in the bubble, yeah. the World Cup pressure. There's someone doing media every day. There's question marks over certain things every day. Whereas actually this England team are disappearing for each, go and see the families. That's a good point. So it keeps you in a me. mental, f- mentally fresh place consistently. Yeah. And that will play in England's favour. Yeah. And actually, I mean, India got given extra leave after the IPL and didn't play for the first week of That's the World right, Cup. That's right, it came remember? in late, yeah. So that's a, that would be a positive for them in the way that they can try and stay fresh. But they're still in hotel rooms and... I'm not I'm making that sound like that's a negative, but it's there is a an effect that mm. being in a bubble uh, has on you, tiredness-wise, etc., whereas the England team don't have that. So um, that's why I just see England as, as massive favourites for this World Cup. I just can't see... I can't see them running out of gas because they're getting great breaks. Yes, they sort of keep being restored like in a video game when your batteries get recharged. Um, New Zealand got off to a flying start, but it must be said not against the greatest opposition, perhaps. So their their matches are yet to come, the ones that will test them. But they they are a good side, aren't they? But yeah, I mean, you know, actually, in my review on the podcast last week, I sort of wrote them off a little bit, yeah, and I rather noticed. dangerously. So I I haven't seen a lot of Lockie Ferguson who comes on as that wicket taker bowler. Yeah. But actually, he's in the top five wicket takers so far. I think. Yeah, he's yeah. fast. He's aggressive, really uh, and he's coming on behind like a Trent Bolt, who's a natural wicket yeah. taker. So. You know they've they've got a lot of bases covered. You forget they were injured. Or he's got a little tweak at the he's moment. Yeah, so he that, might come back. That might work in their favour that he comes yeah. back for the really important yeah. stages. Ross Taylor, you know, you've got a really solid so pro. Yeah. Um, Williamson Guptill can be your bonus batsman mm. at the top, really. So they've got a lot of bases covered. Um, I just I looked at England, Australia, India, and the West Indies of just having a bit more of an X factor, probably, but. Yeah. New Zealand will have a, well, it's a shame it's raining at Trent Bridge as we speak because that would have been a real gauge as to where New Zealand are because India look, um, I mean, Kohli's record is just unbelievable, isn't it? So it's it's so, it's great when you see players doing that. I mean, Mm. we were looking at, um, you know, the, 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 the footage shows weaknesses and stats and all that from the last four years, don't they? And it's just... Yeah. weakness for him is there it's it's uh, an analyst nightmare for him but um you do know if you get that wicket that uh you could put india under pressure and and the reverse of of starting brilliantly has happened to south africa uh, i'm always feeling sorry for them which you don't often feel for south africa they they've they've lost their first three games and their chance to bounce back gets rained out you know yeah. it's, it's just one of those Maddening moments that things aren't going for them yeah. at the moment they i mean they're playing knockout cricket now and no Amla and no Stain is a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, they're they're playing knockout cricket from yeah. from a very early stage in this tournament, so it's it's going to be a tricky journey to the the semi finals for them. But like anything, you need a bit of luck. Yeah. I mean, you lose Dale Stain, that's yeah. like us losing on the batting front Owen Morgan or Josh yeah. Butler. You know, you need. You need luck in these big tournaments, and South Africa just haven't had much. They haven't. And we'll return to all things cricket and many things non-cricket after a wee break. Or a wee break.
Welcome back, everyone, to Broad and Fry. Now, Stuart, you posted a request for people to to provide questions, um, and you did so uh, while running perilously close to a windswept cliff edge. Uh, where the heck were you, and what were you up to? Because it was a day I thought you were supposed to be training or something. Well, theoretically, I was training. Well, of course you were. You were running on a... But why a cliff edge? I mean, you don't get more inland than Nottingham. No, you don't. I actually nipped down to uh, near Rock and Padstow down that... Oh, Rickstein country. Yeah, North Cornwall. um, With my girlfriend and her family for a couple of days just to have a bit of a break. And uh, I like running, actually. I like getting that sort of load through the legs um yeah. i feel like if i'm not bowling i like to continue having a bit of work like that and no better views than than that i did actually saw ashley giles who's my boss i suppose at the top of the ecb tweeted back saying stay away from that edge <laughs> <laughs> did he um, yes ashley giles smile. the king of spain the king of spain and I, I, I should explain why he's called the king of spain if you don't know but i think i'm right in saying he was of course a, a spin bowler um and an off spinner and uh, he um he ha- he was known as the, he liked to think of himself as and his fans thought that he was the king of spin and he had some mugs printed some coffee mugs printed and unfortunately they all came back saying king of spain instead of king of spin <laughs> And that nickname stuck. It did, absolutely. <laughs> Juan Carlos Giles, now a big cheese in the world of cricket. Now, we've had some other um, questions in, of course, apart from that. And uh, uh, one of these might give you pain, but it gives a chance to talk about a great cricketer who's just retired. Um, and uh, Prius Mohanty wanted to know what your feelings were after Yuvraj hit you for six sixes. Um. Well, not delighted. No. Um, it's probably the first uh, first yeah. feeling, but um, yeah, I mean, I what was that? Two thousand and seven. Now, so yeah. quite a some long time, time ago. Twelve time years ago, ago. Um, it was obviously. I mean, first of all, speak about Yuvraj retiring. What a wonderful cricketer he's been. Yeah. Entertained, um, entertained a lot of people around the world, and he's been ferocious to bowl at. Not just me. Mm-hmm. Um, getting plonked over the boundary rope I think but uh you tweeted he, very gracefully about him I saw yeah that. I mean I've I, I don't know him a lot of, I've been mm. out for a few dinners with him and he seems a really really nice really nice guy and um he he's obviously won the T20 World Cup in 2007 he was at the crease for the Dhoni six wasn't he at the yes, 2011 he World Cup win in Mumbai famously so uh, he's been a incredible uh, had an cr- incredible career for India and a, a beautifully long one as well, hasn't he? It's been around yeah. for a long time. Um, but, but on the subject of that, over, yeah, it was, do you remember uh, every ball of it? Do you remember? Uh, all- it all feels a bit of a, a days now. I, I, it was in Durban, uh, 2007. We'd already gone out the World Cup, so we had to play one more game um, before we flew off to a one-day series in Sri Lanka. Um, and there's certain things I do remember about it. It was a bit of a chaotic warm-up, you know. Um, South Africa were playing before us, so we didn't have a chance mm-hmm. to go on the ground before. So little mistakes that I learned from, I hadn't marked my run-up out, so it was all chaotic when I came to bowl. Um, so it taught me a huge amount about making sure you have routines and making yeah. sure you expect the same um, level of performance. But uh, I came on oh, 16th, 17th over, I think, um, bowling to a, the left-handers, Slightly shorter boundary on the leg side. First one ran in. I thought, right, I'll get a leg stump Yorker in. Uh, bang, six. Um, but you know, I, I can. I, I'd like to be able to talk you through each each ball. But I actually, I, 
can't really remember. Did the blood rush to your head and you just? It would have done. Yeah, I mean, fog. I was yeah. hugely inexperienced. Yeah. I was what, 19, 20, and quite interested. I don't know if this is to do with my psychology, but I've never watched it. No, I think I can understand. Never that. watched it back. I've never seen the commentary. I've so I, I suppose I I was able to shut it out pretty quickly and move on. Just make it was a bit of a realization of right. Well, um, I've got to get better. <laughs> but uh, one thing I do remember, obviously, because he was he wasn't just tapping them over the boundaries right where the fielders had a chance. He was hauling them, belting them, or another word for your um, <laughs> twatting Even them. I suppose. But I remember the, the third umpire kept having to jog out with a new ball. You know, yes, because like, he'd be lost. We were playing the... in Durban. Bang, that ball's gone to Cape Town, right? <laughs> Reload, yeah, that one will do. Bang, in that's in Joburg, right? Where are we going now? <laughs> um, so I do remember it seemed to take an age yeah. um, for for this over to be completed because they were, they'd were they given up on fetching the balls. It was like, right, let's, I think the umpire just picked out six and put them in his pocket. Yeah. Like, there you go, have another go. Um, and it was historic, of course. I mean, I grew up as you know, where the only example was Garfield. of Nash but bowling mm. to Garfield. So I think the thing that sort of helped me move on pretty quickly was a we play so much cricket, yeah. Back then. So I went straight into another game and to to improve, but also we were already out the world. It didn't Cup, matter. So That's the thing. I mean, you, every international with, game yeah. is important, but it wasn't like it was a, a spell that. We it cost us a not like Ben Stokes is over against Carlos Brathwaite. Yeah, and that, I mean that's it, why I've got so much respect for Stokes and how he's come back. Because, amazing because yeah. you know if he had two more balls, he was going for thirty six because yeah. he was in that frame, uh, and the Carlos Brathwaite was in that frame, and that's yeah. just that's just what happens. Um, but to have that happen to when the World Cup medal is in your hand, basically, and it yeah. gets taken out, is tricky. Whereas I think. As a young young twenty year old, I was sort of like, well, I haven't cost my country anything particularly. Yeah. We've lost a game, but we play hundred a year. Yeah. Let's move on. And how can I get better? And um, it did make me more disciplined, more yeah. structured. More, do you think more it could reasons. happen to you again, or do you do you reckon you can always? Oh no! So a what? Ball that won't be. Yeah, sixed? I, I think at that at that skill level I had, I didn't have any experience or knowledge or ability to be able to change it up yeah, whereas or actually, follow him or whatever yeah I didn't I just didn't have yeah. that in my armory so I think I made a pact almost after that was in white ball cricket I was never going to bowl six of the same delivery or try and bowl six of the same delivery you know I was I was at an age where I'd never bowled around the wicket so really? yeah it was, it was I was such a baby Greenhorn. in, in yeah. cricket whereas yeah. now I'd look to to change it up I'd never bowl three balls the same let alone six or yeah. attempt to um, and keep the the batsman guessing so it was just um it was obviously a tricky period but something that i can smile about because it's you know we can quote nietzsche as we like to do uh, on these occasions what doesn't kill us only makes us stronger exactly and yeah. I, I mean i'm fortunate that a lot of people in that position might not have never well might not have played another international game no that's true and <laughs> you they kept their faith in you now how would you feel if you bowled the ball and you hit the stumps and the bales didn't fall off because as cubical kizatil who has uh, uh, texted us uh, or or tweeted or instagrammed us uh, says oh those heavy bales five times they have not moved from the groove at, at the time of going to press with the likes of stark and bumra of all people jasper bumra hitting the stumps have you ever known anything like I it? I can't believe it. I, can't, really? I saw Adil Rashid get Quinton de Kock as well. Yes. And it went for four, if you remember. Yeah, exactly. Was, so I just, I just, I've never seen anything like it. It must be to do with 
the, the weight the light emitting the, ones the weight yeah. in the technology in the bales or in the stump grooves or something yeah. um but i find it amazing that this wasn't looked tested at. and yeah. looked at in leading into the biggest 50 over tournament <laughs> in our game so yes. um it's it's a bit of a surprise i'm sure there's some question marks in the in the icc committee room but yeah. whether whether it's fair to change it now mid world cup i don't know whether they're allowed to i don't know but um it does seem very odd. Yeah. It's always been a batsman's game. <laughs> On the subject of it all, always being a batsman's game, I had a great story about Fred Truman who was sweating on some thankless day, bowling and bowling and not getting a single wicket. And he was heard to... I know those days. Yeah, and he was heard to mutter as he was walking, trudging back to his mark again. Last bloody bowler to be knighted was Francis fucking Drake. Which <laughs> is a great line, isn't it? And it is true that actually, well, there are a few exceptions. Richard Hadley obviously was knighted, but in terms of the glory, nearly always the, 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 Jack Hobbs, it was Len Hutton, Sir Alistair Cook, Sir Alistair Cook, of course, most most likely, and um, it's jolly well better be Sir Jimmy Anderson and Sir Stuart Broad, I reckon. Oh. Out coming it, but, uh, up have you got one have you got a, a medal i've you got an have. mbe very good well that was a, a good fun day actually a very proud yeah? day and it's a good, good who day who who, who who invested you which which member of the royal family uh prince charles it was the prince wales prince excellent charles, yeah, yeah he uh he had a stinking cold oh, so he did say i must apologize <laughs> you know, we've got a terrible cold um so yeah he's uh, but he was great Oh, excellent. Fabulous. Well, congratulations. That. And I'm sure they'll move it up to something else. Not that there's a, anything wrong with an MBE, but, you know, they, they sort of have hierarchies like everything. Uh, have you got any questions? What have you seen? Well, I think this one's quite relevant with the week we've had with the weather. Oh, yeah. um, from Tom, with the rain coming down, I'd like to know if there are any stories, Brody, but we'll pass it over to Stephen as well, <laughs> can tell on how teams pass the time during those delays. Well, internationally, of course, we have to put our phone into an anti-corruption box. So we, we, we're not allowed our phone for a whole day, a uh, whole match. Um, of course. It, well, because of betting. Because of betting, yeah. Oh, yeah, God, Or communication. So we have like a team box that you plonk your phone in at 8 a.m. and you, yeah. you get it at 7 o'clock when the game's done. But cards, I know it's a bit old school, yeah. but yeah, we play. We like playing a bit of cards when it rains. What games? Which card games do you like? Well, I'm a, I'm a bit addicted at the minute to Trumps. Have you heard of Trumps? I've no, I mean there are obvious. Whoops, I just bashed the uh, sort of like nomination. Or do I mean nomination? Um, you go up and down. You have got to get rid of your your trump card, so to speak. It's actually a. It's been bought into the Nottingham Change Room by Steve Mullaney, and we've got a full really? leaderboard and everything going. Well, with the weather around at the minute, we've got a full <laughs> leaderboard going and a WhatsApp group called Trumps and all that. So it's oh, uh, that, cards is a, a nice fun way to. I to love card games. I'm glad to hear that that's what you rather than all crowding around a, um, an Xbox or a PlayStation or something. But actually, we had a test match in Auckland. Well, we were famously 27 for nine, I think, the first morning last year, day night game and. The weather set in for days two, three, and four, I think. Uh, and we're at Eden Park, so a big rugby ground. Yeah, yeah. Change rooms are on the ground level, but out the back. You can't see out. It's like a bit of a dungeon, but a nice dungeon, yeah. like a nice big changing room. And we ended up just playing that keepy-ups, so to speak. You know, where you yeah. you've, you get one touch, but you've got to keep the ball Absolutely. in the air between six of us in this little changing room. And I'm not saying we played this for half an hour. We played this for three days, nonstop. Holy it was, mackerel. it was, it was 
an addiction for everyone. It was crazy. And um, did you time the longest that it was kept up with? It was pretty skillful. But the the uh, Joss Butler came up with the fine, so to speak, being um, if you lose, you lose your three letters or whatever. If you make three mistakes, you get <laughs> flicked onto the forehead, you know, like a school <laughs> playground. So, but. Enough to this, if enough that it was leaving marks on the forehead. You know? So I remember um, randomly, actually, uh, Ed Sheeran was playing in Auckland, and he'd come to watch the cricket. Yeah, it was he raining, does so cricket, he? so he came into the changing room, and there we'd been playing this football game for about three hours at this stage, sweating with all red marks on our foreheads. So um, Jimmy and Anderson and I just ran away like we can't meet Ed Sheeran sweating like this and five fingernail flicks on our foreheads he must have walked in thinking what is going on in this changing room <laughs> oh that's a beautiful window i shall now because you occasionally of course what you see is when a player comes out onto the uh, some sort of balcony or whatever and they're nearly always they've got a cricket ball in their hand they're just flicking it up and down whether they're a batsman or a bowler it's some having a ball in your hand seems a natural thing for a cricketer to do or there's this sort of uh, this wall of, of lids of, of laptops. And w- what is it that's on the laptops? Is it, is it statistics? Is it, is it your own stuff? Or is it just the TV feed that you've got outside? What tends to be on? The, it, on the... It's the uh, analyst stuff. So you right. could click on your whole spell. Uh, so if you'd bowled 25 overs in a day, you could go in and go, I want to watch my away swing balls that beat the outside edge. Good so you click in and then you're one ball that beat the outside edge comes up or your 20 balls or whatever you can go through click on all the fours um you can see appeals so pretty much anything all the information you want gets logged and then you can go and look how many balls would have hit the top of off stump yeah so to speak so it's good information um i i like to use it as a reinforcement so if you've had a good spell it's nice to watch the shape of your action beating the edge and catching the edge and bowling good balls. And it's good if you're checking something technically, but I tend to not get too involved in the video stuff because actually cricket is a game of feel and will always be a game of feel. How does your run-up feel? How do you feel at the action? Are you... Are you you snapping through the crease? Do you feel balanced with the bat? Yeah. Rhythm and timing. Rhythm, timing. It's very dangerous if you just concentrate on the video work because we all get to that level because it's a natural calmness to our skill if it becomes too stiff and becomes too conscious we lose something yeah so that's been my view but yeah Yeah. i mean it's people yeah the the laptops are always there but everyone has their own habits around the changing room during a a, a 90 over day when we're batting jimmy anderson and uh, masseuse and doctors will do crosswords Right. And it's, uh, so we don't really take newspapers into the change room. So they go and buy the newspapers, cut the crosswords out, and bring the crosswords. Yeah, because you don't want to read the sports pages. You don't want to read the sports pages. So um, everyone has their own own little habits. Uh, Johnny Besto is Sudoku mad. Is he? So he just gets stuck into Sudoku. Do you know, that surprises me. I don't know why. It's probably the fact that he's someone, and you know, without going into stereotypes about, you know, people with gingery or red hair, he, his emotions seem quite close to the surface, don't they? You know, when he's out, you can tell how annoyed he is. You can, you know, he's famous for always insisting on a review if there's an appeal, you know. And he seems quite an emotional figure in that regard. So you don't associate that so much with the, the calm logic that is needed. It's really, to... he's really interesting because, yeah, he's a, fiery passionate mm. cricketer and uh you can see in celebrations particularly of yeah. hundreds and stuff you can see oh, the yeah. passion in his face but 
pre-batting, if he bats five or seven in a test match, a lot of the time he'll be just dozing, really? having a little sleep or, you know, a, a Sudoku or he, he'll sit in the corner and be very yeah. overly relaxed. I suppose he knows his emotions are going to lift through the roof. So <laughs> if he goes out there worked up, he's going to be very frenetic, isn't he? Yeah. So, um, and he's like you. He is an interesting character on the field, you know, that... Because you were famous also for showing emotion and for, you know, that, that that's some prefer not to or just don't have the personality that comes out. But my, my husband, who's not particularly keen on cricket, but because I watch it so much, he's, he goes, oh, look, it's Ron Weasels, he always says when it's uh, Johnny Pester, of course, <laughs> which I'm sure <laughs> Pester must get fed up with. But, uh, you know, he always he just notices him. You, you know, there are in the same way that, you know, Virat has this astonishing charisma on the field. You just can't help looking at him. That's that's part of your armory, isn't it? I guess to have presence. Yeah, and that's what makes him a, a wicketkeeper you want on your side as well. Because yeah. you know, I think wicketkeepers are an important visual for your team because they're in the game all the time. So you do want the wicketkeeper making life a bit uncomfortable for the batsman. Whether that's just Johnny asking questions or you know, yeah. oh, what did you have for dinner last night, lad? You know what I mean? It's like the, really, yeah, he's, he's he's one of these players that he's got endless energy. Um, and he can I mean he's as we we talk a bit about on this podcast hugely competitive Mm. Um, and I think that's important they're the sort of important characters that you want in your side yeah no question oh good stuff Um, I've got a question here which is why is cricket called cricket well there there are various explanations would would you have an answer before we wrap up we can end with this it's a pretty pretty uh, solid question have I have idea? absolutely no idea, but before you do, before you yeah. answer this one, because I'm sure you will know, yeah. I would like to touch on the 99 question. The nine- Oh, yes, that's a good question, isn't it? So I'll let you answer the cricket one, because I'd love to hear the answer. Yeah, well, um, t- two versions. One is that it was a Hampshire sh- word for their crook. The shepherd's crook was a crooked, a little crook. Uh, and from the Dutch, cricket is another one, which means a stick. The French, criquet is a wooden post. There is a Dutch word, krikstoel, which is uh, Dutch. It means a, a long, low stool for kneeling in church. And you may remember that a, an early forerunner of cricket was called stoolball. I don't know if you've heard of that stoolball. It's, it's, anyway, so that's... I'm shaking my head. <laughs> the 99 question, yeah. Now, that's about... Who's that from? Let's have a look. We're just Tobias it. Collins, actually. It's a, it's a, so has a batsman on 99 attempted a second run, been run out? Is he or her on 100 and out and trudged off celebrating his or her turn? Or 99 out? Does the first run count? I don't know if I've read that properly. Yeah, the first run does count. Yes, it, it would. Yeah, but I can't completed. think of examples of... Of someone who, I mean, they're on 99, they make the first run and go way, and then they're celebrating and twirling the back because they made the century, and then they come back for the second and are run Run out out. on the second. So you run out for 100 runs. And go off celebrating and and yet also annoyed. (laughs) Yeah, I can't can't think of an example of that. I have seen, I think, Sangakara get 100 in Sri Lanka where he ran the one and started celebrating and Mullerithran touched down and went to congratulate his mate. But he wasn't in his crease long enough and got run out. Oh, I have seen that. That's mean. I have seen that. <laughs> but I've, I, I mean, there's been loads of examples of batsmen being stranded on 99 and yes. Mike Atherton 
run out on 99 at Lords, if you remember. Yes, famous one. Yeah, that's uh, oh, that was so sad. Mike Gatting sent him back, didn't he? And he oh, and that was oh. So he never made the honours board, unlike you, who made a hundred. Oh, thank at you Lords. for adding that. Yes, 169. <laughs> now you must know Jason Gallion. I know Jason Gallion. Yeah, famous. Well, Essex, Lancashire, and Nottingham. And not, and yeah, and he was England. twice out on 199. I find this amazing in one season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He said, I couldn't believe it had happened again. I was laughing. It was just one of those situations. Game with some quick runs, try and make the t- most of our total and win the game. Run out twice in the same season. Was he run out? I'm not sure. I don't know. Yes, he was run out. Run out twice on yeah. 199. The most extraordinary one is Hanif Mohammed. Guess what he was out for? He was, um, uh, this was in 1959. Uh, he ran on a misfield on the penultimate ball of the day. And he missed out on becoming the first man ever to rack up a quintuple century. He was out of 499. And we're out of something. We're out of time, Stuart. So say goodbye to the ladies and gentlemen. That's a shame. I was really enjoying that. Yeah, I was too. uh, We've had a good time then. We'll catch everyone next week. Exactly. So much more to talk about then. And there's always plenty to talk about with cricket, which is the game we love. Goodbye, everybody, from Stephen. And from Stuart. Bye-bye.